When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf and welcome to my podcast, Cleaning Up the Mental Mess. Each episode, I sit down with mental health and wellness experts and share simple and practical tips and strategies to help you take back control of your mental health and live your happiest life. In this episode, I interview world-renowned leadership expert John Maxwell on how to lead a business, family and and organization during this crisis. John also shares some great tips on how to learn to love failure and use it to your advantage, how failure and success are not opposites, and how he is managing his mental health during quarantine. We also discuss the neuroscience behind leadership and how to hack your mind and brain to be a better leader in every area. Thank you for choosing to listen to my podcast each week. If you enjoy listening and want to help me out, I would love if you could take a few minutes to subscribe to my podcast, leave a five-star review, and share episodes with friends and family. Also, keep sharing on social media and tagging me. I love seeing what resonates with you guys, what you found interesting and helpful, and what you want to hear more of. For more mental health tips and techniques, tune into my weekly live Q&A sessions, follow me on social media, just look for Dr. Caroline Leaf on all platforms. Now, on to today's podcast. Before we begin this episode, I want to check in with all of you. How are you doing? How are you holding up? At a time like this, it's vital to focus on your mental hygiene and health. Anxiety, stress, worry, fear, all of these can really weaken your immune system and affect how your brain functions. If you find you are struggling with your mental health or you just can't seem to feel happy, then it's time for mind management. It's time to detox your brain. That's where my new 21-day brain detox app called Switch comes in. It's designed to help you find and eliminate the root of whatever is causing your mental distress and help you replace it with a new healthy neural network and habit. It's just five steps that you do each day for 21 days and will take you about 15 to 30 minutes. This is a daily mind management plan to manage your toxic stress. The program has over 30 years of research backing it up and just went through clinical trials again with amazing results. And right now, a three-month subscription is on sale for 50% off. Just go to theswitch.app or look for Switch on Your Brain on iTunes or Google Play. The link will also be in the show notes. John Maxwell, what an honor. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm so excited to finally have an hour together. This is amazing. You and I kind of pass each other on stages uh, and grab selfies. We, we, we <laughs> wave to each other at speaking conventions and we kind of look at each other and say, now, this is not what we want. We need a little time. And hey, today we get a little time and I'm very excited about that. I really, uh, we were, if you remember, maybe, I don't know, in February, I think we we're in Northern Ohio yes. speaking at a conference. and. You were on, and I then turned around and, and, and followed you, you know, and then, and then when I was done, 
you guys had to go. I had to go take off. And so we're waving each other, took a selfie. And I remember the thing I remember most about that is we made a commitment that, okay, let's, let's do something together. And so here we are. I'm, I'm thrilled. I know. I'm so excited too. It's just, it's been wonderful because as you say, we grabbed our selfie. So at least we got something out of that moment and now we can actually dive in and talk. And I couldn't think of a better person to talk with at the moment than you in terms of just coping with our new normal. And as I mean, we're all talking about it, we all know it's the new normal. But what I find interesting, John, is that the brain works in cycles of three weeks to adapt. And then every nine weeks we form a habit. So we almost at the stage where we're getting used to this new normal. It's feeling very different now to what it felt a few weeks ago. And obviously there's all the implications that go with it, but this is going to be a great podcast to get your wisdom and insight into all kinds of issues around this. Well, that's my joy. I think it will be too. And it's interesting because I was talking to someone the other day and I said, this is the first crisis that I have been in. I think I, I counted up. I've been in about a dozen of them. I mean, that's, that's only because I'm 73, mm-hmm. I'm an old man, but, but I've been in a lot of them. And this is the first crisis that I have been a part of that I feel because of the longevity of it and the quarantine and the home stuff that's happening, I, I feel that we, we're having a long enough crisis that people are going to develop habits out of it. Yes. And I find, and, and of course, I shouldn't be speaking on that. That's something you would speak on because you're, you're the pro, and I always mm-hmm. enjoy being with you, and I always enjoy listening to you. Although I will have to admit without any question, you're brilliant. There are times when I just think, okay, I, I need you to just bring it down for people like me just a little bit more because you, I mean, <laughs> you, you, you just are. And, and I, I just I'm oh, always kind of want to give you a standing ovation for not only for your content, but you're just very brilliant. You really know what you're doing and you know your profession and you know it very well. And I always admire that. But but I do think that habits are being developed in this crisis that are going to really change people. And I think, I think some of them are probably good habits. I think some are bad habits. I mean, with the time that we have now, I mean, think of, think of kids doing online work, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and all of a sudden this kid who's been in college for two years and now they're home and they're doing their classes online and they say to themselves, well, you know what, I, I could stay right here and do some courses. And, and, and mm-hmm. I, I think that, you know, the, the, the people that commute for maybe in cities for an hour each way have long commutes, all of a sudden they're saying, boy, working at home sure is a better use of my time. I just think it's going to be interesting, the habits that are, are formed and, and the changes that we're going to make just because the crisis lasted longer than usual. It's such a good point and so relevant. And thank you for your very kind words. I just want to say I'm very, very honored. Coming from you, that was massive. And I feel the same about you. And you're absolutely brilliant. You have certain pearls of wisdom that you drop. And I don't even know if you realize how much impact they actually have. And I find myself often quoting, John Maxwell says, you know, so you have these really great things. And there's something you actually said at that conference. You said many things, but that really stood out to me. And and I thought it might be a good place because we were just talking about this habit thing and how we're changing. You said... Yesterday ended last night. If you cannot get over something, you're trying to leave something rather than go to something. That is so powerful and so relevant to what we see happening today. Yesterday ended last night. If you can't get over something, you're trying to leave something rather than go to something. That sounds like a really good piece of advice for us at the moment, John. I don't know if you agree or not. (laughs) Oh, I do agree completely. I, I think that there's a lot of uncertainty right now. So I, I deal, of course, in the leadership field all the time, and yes. leaders love to give direction and, and pave the way. That's what they're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. But with uncertainty, I, I'm telling leaders, you have to lead differently. 
so I mean, when when people are asking me questions, a lot of times I say, well, I, I don't know. I'm I'm as uncertain as you. I mean, you know, you, you can't Google COVID nineteen and and ask how long <laughs> are you going to last. You know what I mean? Exactly. So so there's a lot of uncertainty. But what I what I share with leaders is, it's okay to be uncertain. It's just not okay to be unclear. Oh, that's good. It's okay to be uncertain, but it's not okay yeah, to be unclear. Beautiful. Absolutely. And so, am I uncertain? Yes. Am I clear? Very. And, and my clarity comes from very simple. In a crisis, you want to be very clear on what to do right now. Today matters. Mm-hmm. Today matters. Next mm-hmm. week, the, the crisis moves, and 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 it, it's the moves are many times unexpected. So if I'm if I'm trying to lead two weeks out. The, the odds are very high that whatever I'm doing is not going to be very effective because it's going to be missing the mark. But I can lead today. And so what I share with leaders is lead lead right now. The only time you have is right now. And and one of the things, I'm, and there are several things I'm doing, but one of the things I'm doing is I'm asking people to ask themselves three questions right now, mm-hmm. today. One is, what is my responsibility? Number two is, what are my priorities? And number three, what are my possibilities? And for example, my responsibility right now is is obviously to you know you know take care of my family, take care of myself, the, some of the very basic things that hopefully we're all doing. But then I look at what are my priorities, and I look at where I am right now, and what's the what's the thing that I can do that can give the highest return? For example, being on your show is is something I, I really wanted to do because you know I can't travel to someone, you can't travel right now, mm-hmm, but but mm-hmm. we can we can be on this podcast. And mm-hmm. so to me, I, I listed people like you that are high influencers that I greatly respect and say, okay, let's see if I can, let me see if I can line up with these people so that I can get my message out with them and through them and for them and, and that we can get it out together. So that's one of my priorities. So what the priority basically is, what is something that I can do now that, that is important to do that gives, gives some kind of a return? And then my possibility, mm-hmm. what are my possibilities? All of us have something, or I would hope all of us do. Maybe we don't all, but mm-hmm. most of us. <laughs> most of us have something that we've needed to do or we wanted to do, and we just maybe haven't had the time for it. And all of a sudden, for me, since I'm not traveling, I have time available to me that I didn't expect. And so I look, and, and one, of the, one of the things that I'm committed to is transformation of lives through teaching values. And so we are now in three, our companies are in three countries. We're going to go in two more countries this year where we are invited in by the president of the country and we go teach values in in what we call transformation tables, small groups, and with the basic thesis that if people learn good values and start to live them out, they they become more valuable to themselves and they become more valuable to others and, and they get what I would call a values or a transformation lift in the country. So- mm, I love it. While I'm having my quote, time that I wouldn't expect to have it. I'm laying out an 18-month transformation track for transformation in America. We've been doing it in other countries, but 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 here's the point. I didn't expect this time. So because I have mm. this time, I can lay out the transformation track. I can write the book that I wanted to do on Change Your World, which is a transformational book. And so what are my possibilities? What 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 could I do that maybe I've wanted to do but have never gotten to get to them? So I just leaders I think that they talk in terms of that, so you know people can say, "Okay, I got this. I can. What's required of me? What's my priority? What's what's my possibility?" And 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 by the way, do it now. Do it today. You know, we we over exaggerate yesterday and we overestimate tomorrow, but we underestimate today. And and I think leadership right now in this crisis is basically getting people to 
to focus on the day because crisis causes distraction, as you know. And distraction is the opposite of traction. Traction, when I have traction, it means I'm moving forward, going to some desired destination. When I am distracted, I'm moving away from that. It's the exact opposite. I'm moving away from that. And and so I, I think what leaders, one of the great things that leaders can do right now with their people is to help them focus on the moment and today and the now, which really helps people not to be so distracted so easily. That was just so good. I'm just loving every word you're saying. And it's so, it was, you've answered about 20 questions in one and you did it so beautifully. And that was exactly one of the quotes that I was going to say. I'm going to read it back to you. We over-exaggerate yesterday. We overestimate tomorrow. We underestimate today. And that is just absolutely brilliant. And what you're saying, we really need to think about that because we can get so stuck in over-exaggerating yesterday. And with my work in clinical experience and research, we see what that looks like in the brain, John. It's unreal how people, when you get stuck, your brain is not designed to be stuck or structured to be stuck in the past. The past is a fluid moment. In fact, we're always in nowness. If you really look at how the brain and the mind function, we're always in a state of nowness. So present, past, and future actually just blends. So your teaching us how to stay in the now moment now is so very, very powerful and will optimize brain function. And you know, you said something else. I'm just going to throw in the brain science because as you're talking, I'm just seeing it all happening. Is that okay with you? Do you want to hear some brain science around what you just said? Oh, I'm loving what you're saying. I, 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 for example, I didn't know that about the brain really wants to live in the now, not in, not, not in the past. I, you know, you're, you're the doctor. I'm, I'm the patient. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like I feel like it's the other way around at the moment. What, what I consider it. a great podcast is what I, when I learn something too, and I'm learning. So go for it, girl. Oh, well, I, we're both teaching each other here. How's that? I'm oh, learning so much too. That's a deal. Big deal. Oh, it's a good deal too. Well, you spoke about teaching values in countries, and I just smiled because, as you know, all over the media, how are we going to transition back and what is going to happen? And people are just getting so caught up in you've got to plan for the future. I mean, I know you're not saying don't plan for the future, but we are over-exaggerating what's happened in the past. We are overestimating tomorrow and we're underestimating now because tomorrow is dependent on today. And if we live in tomorrow, we can't function today. Because I mean, I'm just, I know you know that I'm preaching to the choir. But in terms of those values that you're teaching, it's such interesting. There's very interesting quantum physics research that shows that we are literally immersed in values. And so, John, a value has a mathematical and quantum equivalent. And quantum basically means energy. And we at our lowest, at our most basic level, not lowest, at our most fundamental level, we are energy beings. We've got this energy and this energy that is connected to a supernatural source, which a lot of us believe is God. And that energy, the quantum physicists, there was actually a group of physicists that won the Nobel Prize for ways of understanding gravitational fields. And gravitational fields are all these quantum physics things that we're immersed in. So right now, you and I are sitting in gravitational fields. But the most interesting part is these gravitational fields are waves of values. They are mathematically shown to be, like we literally, if you think of jumping into the sea and you're surrounded by water, we are literally in a sea of values. And if we truly calm down our minds and brains through mind management, which is what I teach and you teaching leadership, you teaching people to think properly in terms of leadership. I'm teaching, trying to teach people to manage their minds in terms of life. Then your brain just does what your mind tells it to do. So as you 
thinking and in the ways that you're talking about now, the suggestions you've given, when, you've, when you teach people to ask these questions, what is responsibility? What is the priority today? What is my possibility today? You are immersing yourself in the nowness where the power resides and you actually get tune in to the values that are all around you in ingredient form. And you literally can choose those as you respond to your three questions. What is responsibility? What is priority? What is my possibility? You're drawing on those values and baking a cake. You literally are baking cakes for the future. I mean, that's such a silly analogy, but it works. <laughs> anyway, so there's some some quantum physics science there for you and some brain science backing up everything you've just said that's so vitally important. Thank you. I, I've always felt values were important, but now I've had my values validated. <laughs> well, I like your crisis. It causes distraction and we need action. And you've just given us the steps of how to get into the action. I love that. I, you know, when you were talking about Today Matters, that whole process, what, what, one of the things I teach is, Dr. Leaf, is that if we prepare correctly today, we don't have to repair tomorrow. I love that. But if I don't, if I don't take care of today, I'm going to be repairing tomorrow, no question about it. And so I think that in this time of difficulty and challenge and crisis, I think what leaders do is is leaders, they, they don't provide answers. They provide an awareness and preparation for people to do well in the moment today. You, you know as well as I do, a crisis has a tendency to freeze people, to to stop them. And, you know, what happened? And, and, and they they lack movement. And, and that's just the way we naturally react when, when we're not sure what's happening. And one of the most important, I think, activities of a, of a leader is to get the people, again, moving, focusing not on standing still, but focusing on, on taking action so that they can occupy themselves and their minds with things that are going to be you know, possible and probable for them. And so you can't go out two weeks and get people to move, but you can equip people for today and get them to move for today. And then the next day, you just you just keep doing it until we're through the, through the crisis. I love that. So the whole focus, because I think people are getting so stuck in the future that they've completely skipped over today. Totally. I completely agree with that. All this anticipation of when we get the vaccine, when we get the antiviral, when we get all the, when we've got the economy open, when, when, when. And so we've become a bunch of when-wees. That's exactly right. Mm -hmm. And we need to be in the now moment and equip ourselves for today and find the action for today. So with those questions like what is our responsibility, what is our priority, what is my possibility for today, applicable obviously for a leader, but an individual at home, a parent, a child, a, a teacher, whatever, who if at home now as well, because we're all in essence some sort of a leader, aren't we? Oh, absolutely. In, in fact, don't underestimate the, 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 the just the value of, of doing the basic things that allow you to show love and care and respect and and just don't miss out you know so many times i think we look for something big and 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 we miss something that's 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 very obvious i think what's going to happen is we're we're going to be kind of isolated social distance for a period of time and i think that mm -hmm. when we come through it there're going to be people that look back at this negative and they're going to say i really took advantage of a difficult time in my life i I maximized my time, and it was something I hadn't planned on. It was something I didn't even choose, but I really did well. You know, I, hey, I exercised. I ate right. I had time to love people that I don't usually get. I, I, did, a, I did a special project with my children that, that we hadn't gotten to. And then I think there are other people who are going to sit there and say, you know what? I think I just watched too many movies and ate too much food. 
And I think that there's going to be kind of a an aftermath of when we come through this, of which we'll look back and say, did I take something that was different and difficult? Did I take with the lemon and turn it into lemonade? In fact, somebody called me the other day and said, what are you doing? I said, I'm making lemonade. <laughs> and, 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 I love uh, this. In fact, while I'm talking to you, just to keep myself reminded of what I'm supposed to do, I have a I have a little saucer here and I've got three lemons in it and I got a I got a glass <laughs> of lemonade. I literally do. And, and that's fantastic. Yeah, I've got the visual right here. I'm right beside. It. I can touch them both. And 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 usually every day I'm handed a lemon. I mean, life is always a little bit difficult. So I expect a lemon, but in a crisis, you get several lemons. You get you know you could maybe we get drowned in lemonade or drowned in lemons. But the good news is that if you're handed that lemon and you got a lot of lemons, you can make a lot of lemonade. So I, I'm thinking about starting a lemonade business and just kind of. Hey, <laughs> This may, I be love my, this. this may be my eighth company, you know what I mean? We're just in, in our franchise lemonade out, you know what I mean? Away we go. But here's what I know. Here's what I know. I love it. A lemon by itself, you know, we go, oh, I just, that was a lemon. The car was a lemon. That was a lemon. That whole process is. But I take that lemon and I say, now, what can I do with this that will bring me great value? And I, and I make lemonade. And I just think so many times we focus on the lemon I did a talk the other day called Feed Your Faith and Starve Your Fears. And it was all about that we both have, of course, now I'm in your world, so you're going to help me. You're either going to validate me or you're going to say, John, you need, you need to come and get a course under me. But the, but I think, <laughs> I think, I, I think, I think, I don't think I can get rid of fear. I think, I, I think I can reduce fear, but I, I think I, I have fears. I have questions in my life. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's very so I mean, I, in fact, somebody told me that it really didn't have any fear. I honestly would not. I would not be sure if. Well, I, I would if not they think they were truthful with me for sure. And I, I. But but the point is, I have I have negative emotions like fear, but I also have positive emotions like faith. And mm-hmm. so I think the question is, which of the two emotions is dominant? Which one? Which one is the stronger of the two? And I think what happens in in my simple lay terms, not in your brilliance, but in my lay terms, I think what <laughs> happens is, is, is here's what I think. What, what you focus on, what I focus on, expands. So mm-hmm. to me, if you want your faith to increase, you focus on your faith and it expands. You, it, it's, it, you know, it, focus is faith food. It, it just, it increases it just as if I focus and get over all my fears, I think that expands. And, and so the question is not, do I have both those emotions? The question, which one is dominant? And I think if you look at the news and you, you look at so many of it, they play off of emotion and fears. And, and I think that many people are focused on the wrong thing. And, and so therefore it keeps expanding. And I just think we make that leader shift, that mental shift over to focusing on the things that are, are good and, and, and are helpful and positive and add value and, and, and focus there and increase that side. Now, tell me, doctor. Do I assess that? <laughs> do I assess that right, or do I need to go to one hundred and one psychology school or something? No, no, no. You just got your PhD. I just gave you another. Oh, PhD, did I get a PhD? So it's, it's, now, yeah, yeah. Now, wait, 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 so wait, wait. You have to. No, no, no. You got to understand. <laughs> if you give me a PhD, I may go around <laughs> quoting you. I, I may tell people I have a I have a Doctor Leaf PhD. Yeah, you there you to, go. <laughs> so now you have to understand. I could claim that real quick. Why not? Why not? 
This hey, I'm going to have to pay you for this podcast before we're all over. You, I'm, I'm going to owe you something. That's that's, but that's how I think. I, I don't know if I, I I'm, I'm it's sure that brilliant. Well, I don't. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. So so here I'll give you the brain science behind what what John has just said. That is absolutely outstanding. Basically, fear is part of us, and fear is just a big umbrella term for a bunch of all the reactions that we have to the experiences of life. And life is a bunch of up and down. So we are going to have fear experience. It's very normal to fear a virus we don't understand and an economy that's going crazy and all this isolation, all the things that are going on and all the things we can't predict. So it is a very strong, powerful thing inside of us because what it does is when fear in our mind creates a shift, it moves you out of homeostasis. Once you're out of homeostasis, that's when you can actually start growing. So fear is a part of growth. So it's totally true. If you're just going to always be in your comfort zone and you're going to always just be everything's fine and even pretend to yourself that it's fine, which causes brain damage because at a non-conscious level, no matter how much you kid yourself consciously, your non-conscious level, which is the spiritual part of you, the biggest part of you knows the truth. So that the conflict between the conscious and the non-conscious creates brain damage anyway. So fear is part of us. It is a very powerful motivator that creates imbalance. And immediately because we designed for balance, we need imbalance to get back into balance, but it's another level of balance. So the faith, fear moving to faith is taking you from an imbalance to another level, a higher level, if that makes sense. So when when you talk about that being normal, one of the things I teach a lot, John, and I know you've heard me teach this, is that we have to embrace and face our stuff. We have to embrace, process, and reconceptualize. So we in order in the now moment, those are the things that I would say is embrace the fear you're going through. Embrace that this is actually creating this disturbance, this uncertainty, which you would see in the brain very clearly as the energy going into a, a waterfall kind of way instead of in a nice wave like on a beach. That is good though. If we embrace it, we can actually use that energy and find the next level of growth. If we sink under it, then we drown and we actually create damage in our brain. But no matter how bad it goes, because there are times we are going to submit to the fear and we're going to drown, but our minds are so strong that we are able to stand back and see ourselves drowning and pull ourselves out again. It, it comes from recognizing that that resilience in us. So I embrace fear. I encourage people to embrace fear for the lesson. And then the other thing you said, John, about what you focus on expands. Well, scientifically, that's totally correct. It's called the, in quantum physics, we call that the quantum Zeno effect. And that's the repeated effort makes learning take place. So if you constantly think about something, it is physically growing in your mind and your mind generates energy through the brain and then the brain responds electrically and genetically and you actually build that thought into the brain. And then if you think about it more, it grows bigger and bigger. You add more and more little quantum computer branches into your brain made of proteins. So you're growing and growing and growing. It's getting more and more energy. And the more you think about it, the stronger it gets. And by day 63, it's a habit. It takes 63 days to build a habit. I've just finished a series of clinical trials, which we're analyzing now. And I've confirmed this again with my research now on a very neuroscientific level that it takes 63 days, not 21 to form a habit. It takes 21 days to start the change and it's painful. And day 21 is generally the most painful time where you actually recognize that this change that I need to make, it's kind of making me feel worse. But actually, because you're making the change and you may feel a little bit worse and more anxious and maybe a bit more up and down, your brain is being optimized because you're now about to go into the next phase. And the next 42 days, we see a massive change in how the person is actually 
coping and building this into a habit and the changes that then are implemented that we see in the person's life start start happening. So you're totally correct. There's a whole bunch of science behind your statements. And that was just a few of the things. Wow. So good job, John. <laughs> Thank you. you, you I, I just feel so much better now. <laughs> so it's 20, 20, the 21st day is the crucial day, huh? It's very crucial. Because, well, both are crucial. There's, there's a lot of crucial time points, but the two that are very highlighted are your 21st day and your 63rd day. And a lot of people will give up around day four and day 21. Because they, it gets, it's very hard. Those are two very hard days. But once you push past day 21, where you've built your long-term memory, you're then starting to stabilize, automatize, habituate, all these fancy terms, but basically build it into a habit. And that takes another 42 days. And that doesn't take as much time as the first 21. So it gets worse before it gets better. And and, and there's, this is where people get very frightened. John, we're in a day and an age, and I'm sure you can agree, this modern era is all about remove discomfort. Yeah. Don't yeah. embrace this. Whereas you and I grew up in the time when it was a little bit different and it has shifted. The last 30 years, there's been a shift with the introduction of positive psychology and just general biomedical model to humanity, which means looking at us as robots. It's taken away that very real part of life, which is we have our ups and our downs and it's really okay to have them as long as you use them to move forward and you don't get stuck in them. And I think that's what you're trying to say. When you focus on the now moment, you actually are can manage the now moment and move forward. Yeah, I am. And, and it's very interesting because I was reading on values. The, the article basically was values of today. And, and one of the values was comfort. You know, just, you know, I, I, I want comfort. And another value is I, I, want, I want what I want right now. And, and when you think of some of the values, one of the, the, the crisis we're in just gets worse because there's no comfort here. And it and it's not going to get over quickly. So the the desire to take shortcuts isn't going to happen. And the, I think one of the benefits of a, of a crisis is that if we allow it, it really develops within us some character traits that will help us and, and serve us very well. Da, you know, down the road. Oh, I totally agree with you, John. I totally agree, John. You know what? I I would love us to transition now to that cycle of success because it just seems such a, an appropriate time for you to and relevant to what we've been saying, and it's utterly brilliant. Can you talk about the cycle of success? I'll be glad to. I'm privileged. About ten years ago, I founded a coaching company. I, for years, years, I had people come to me basically and say, "We wish you would have a, a coaching company so that you could prepare us to." to speak, to, to lead the things that the qualities that you have that we'd like to, you know, learn. And so about 10 years ago, I finally, you know, felt that I had proven myself and maybe earned the right to, to, to have a coaching company. So we started John Maxwell team. And in the nine years that we've had it, we're the, we're the largest coaching company in the world. Now we have 33,000 coaches in 168 countries of the world. It's, it's been a, it's been an incredible, amazing journey. And, and, Building this this company has been just terrific, and mm -hmm. so I'm asked a lot by people who say, "Well, how did you build a business so fast?" And you know, how do you know talk to us? And so what I do is that I talk to them about what I call the cycle of success, and it's a cycle. It's not a journey. You know, you can be on a journey and you can pass something and never come back to it again. But on a cycle, there's repetition, and in the cycle of success, there are, are five basic stops in this process. And I'll start at the top of the cycle because it all it all begins with 
with what, what we call testing. We, we test. We, we try a lot of new things. And that's kind of maybe the advantage of having a company that you start from scratch. You, you know, you've got a lot of things to test, a lot of things you don't know. But I've always been a major tester. I've always pretty much said to myself that the only way I'm going to, to find answers that I don't have is to go into areas that I have never been. And so we do a lot of testing. And, you know, I wonder if this will work. Well, let's try this. Well, if you do a lot of testing, the next part of the cycle is just automatic. You'll do a lot of failing. Because, again, you've never done this before. I, one of my statements I tell people all the time is you're never good the first time. I love it when people say, well, you know, I've never done this before, so I'm really planning, working hard. I, I, I just want to, boy, when I do it, I want to really do it right. And I tell them to relax. Go ahead and do it because mm. it's not going to be that good anyway. I mean, you're, <laughs> we, we, we didn't, when we learned to walk, we didn't just go out and say, let's, let's, let's walk a, a mile today. We, we took two steps and fell when we learned to speak. I, we, we're never good the first time. And so we know that. So we're doing a lot of testing, and out of that testing comes comes a lot of failure, and and, and that's okay too. We 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 understand the more we test, the more we fail, and and our goal is to test a lot. So that means the result is that is that we fail a lot. So we test and then we fail, and then you go but to the third part of that that cycle, and, and that's you learn out of our failure comes learning because the benefit of failure is learning from that experience. And so when people tell me they, you know, they start to talk about their failures, I, you know, I, I, I value people, so I listen to it. But when they're, mm-hmm. as soon as they're done talking about their failure, I just have one question for you, and, and, and it, what did you learn? The great value of failure has terrific value. And by the way, we separate failure from success all the time, and we should never do that. I, I've mm-hmm. never known a successful person didn't have failure accompany their success. I, it, failure goes along with success. It, they're, mm, they're, they're, I love not, that. they're not opposites at all. They never have been opposites. It, you, you fail your way to succeed. We test our way to fail to learn. And by the way, if we test more and fail more, we learn more. So when people say, how do I increase my learning? You increase your testing. You increase your failing. Mm. And so the benefit of failure is what did you learn from? In fact, if you don't learn from it, you repeat it. That's why you know, when you watch people, they sometimes mm. they just seem to be in the hole all their life, and they're in the hole all their life because they, they didn't learn. So you test knowing that most, not all, but most of the testings will bring failure, which you know out of that, the only purpose of failure to be a benefit is that you learn. So we test, we fail, and we learn. Now, mm. learning's overrated. So Learning's overrated. I, I think the academic world is is kind of helped us to maybe overrate it. And what I mean by that is, mm-hmm. is that so what? So so you've learned. So why do I learn? I learn so I can go to the fourth part of the cycle, so I can improve. Just like the value of failure is learning, the value of learning is improving, getting better. Mm-hmm. I know. I mean, I know people who just have learned a lot, but they've never improved their life because they've let learning be the end of the self. In fact, this is a cycle. And mm. what, what's important about this cycle of success is this: it's a cycle, and it should never stop. Mm. So, if if I test, fail, and learn, and I I'll say, "Oh my gosh, look what I've learned! I'm going to camp out here. I I just know more than I've ever known." Well, there's no success there. You got to mm-hmm. keep going around the the, the curve. You, so, from my learning. I, I improve. And what I tell people all the time is, as so now that I'm saying, oh, I'm changing, I'm improving. Well, after what, what do I do when I improve? What do I get to do in the cycle? I get to reenter. I, I, I get to get back in the game now. Okay, well, I've gotten better. And, and what I tell people all the time is, 
Don't re-enter until you've improved. Oh my gosh. I, I see people all the time. They get back in the game and they shouldn't get in the game yet. They haven't changed. Mm. They've not improved. They've not gotten any better. So every so every part of the, every part of this cycle, Doctor Leave, leads the way to the next part. And I can't go to the next part without doing the part previous right. So I test and I fail. And so my testing sets up my failure. My failure sets up my learning. My learning mm-hmm. sets up my improvement. And my improvement sets up my reenter. I get to get back in the game. And so people say, "Okay, I made it. Good. I got back in the game." I say, "What do you mean you got back in the game? The game is infinite." And so what do you do? You go right back to, to testing again. Because what one of the worst things can happen is for us to be successful and then want to stay with that success. Because, you know, the greatest detriment to tomorrow's success is today's success. It is. Because successful people, instead of getting out of the comfort zone and instead of improving themselves, they want to camp. They want to put a trophy up and they want to, they want to basically say, okay, I got success down now. Let's not move it. Let's not change. Well, you know, that, that's, that's failure all over. So, so. In this cycle, mm. in this cycle, we re-enter. But why do what do what do we re-enter for? To test some more. We get to live so another good. day, so we get to test some more, so we can fail some more, so we can learn some more, so we can improve some more and re-enter. And when people talk about our coaching company, how successful it is, that's the cycle, and we never let it stop. And, and, and we're, we're at thirty-three thousand mm. now, and 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 so you, you might say, "Well, I bet you got it down now, don't you?" No, no, no. You never have a doubt. In fact, it's just a mm. dangerous thought. I've got it down. I okay. Oh, I okay. I got it. I got it. You aren't supposed. Oh, to, I. We're not supposed to got it. We're not, the, got it. Isn't it isn't my aim? See, people that live in this realm of of wanting to stop, they play a finite game. The question I ask people all the time is, is there a finish line? And for people that play a finite game, there is. You know, they've they've set a, a, a line out there and they basically say, you know, at this age I'm going to retire or this age I'm going and and, and they they they've they've drawn a finish line. It's a it's a self-made finish line. Life didn't give it to you. You gave mm. it to yourself. So what happens is we cross the finish line. Now, I mean, hello. When we cross the finish line, guess what? We're finished. What part of this don't we understand? Mm, It's over. It's over. So if you play an infinite game, this cycle of success really works. I I came into this world. The game was already going. I'm in there, and I'm doing my best to to, to play a good game and and do what I should to help people in the game, but I'm going to die. But the game keeps on going. it's, It's an infinite game. And in an infinite game, there's no finish line at all. There's not supposed to be. So at 73, mm. I'm learning, growing, starting companies, having my best day. And people are saying, well, now, now, John, let's talk. Are, are you going to retire? No. I'm not going to retire. Thank well, goodness. Why, why, why not? Why, why don't Do you have enough money? Yes, I've got enough money. I've sold 35 million books. Do the math. I've got enough money. I'm okay. Then why don't you retire? Because I don't want to put it self-imposed finish line on me. Because the moment I do that, it's over. Hey, the game of life is a short game. Why would you take yourself out of it? It's an infinite game, but it's a short game. The time I got is a very short span. So the whole process of this cycle of success, I love it because it never it never lets you settle. It never lets you finish. It never lets you say, I've arrived. We didn't climb a mountain. We went in a cycle. 
And this it's is... just a beautiful thing once you understand how that process works. I probably talked oh, I probably no, talked too long about it. But I mean, no, no, no. No, John, this is I'm so glad you said what you said because you've answered a million questions and you've shaped a process for people to actually really manage their minds. And that is vital. I mean, this is when I wrote all, everything that you said now and you said at the Provia, and I've heard you teach us a few times. I mean, I've got copious notes on this from you because it's such a fantastic concept. Test fail, learn, improve, re-enter. And it's so relevant to the brain. You know, you said things, so many things, uh, brain and mind, because the mind and the brain are separate. You said the cycle of success is an infinite game. If I just link it back to being a scientist and a researcher, I always research. I'm always doing various different research projects and clinical trials. And when you go into an analysis process, which I'm in at the moment, this is exactly what I'm doing. Your words were going through my head while I was every day when I'm working with my research team and we spend hours and hours, honestly, hours, 10, 15 hours at a time working out, looking at data, looking at different things. So you test something and you fail. What does this mean? No, this doesn't mean it. Then you learn something new. Then you go and do more research and then you, it's a continual and you improve and then you re-enter the next discussion. So this process you've described is exactly what a scientist does with research. And we all are scientists. Every human is a scientist in life. And we, so the process you've described is for leadership and general life principles is the process that I use in my scientific studies in when I worked with patients clinically as well. It, it really does work. It's exactly how the brain needs to be stimulated by the mind. This whole test, fail, learn, improve, and re-enter. It's absolutely outstanding. The other day, my husband, Mac, you've, you've met Mac, he said to me, because every time, every day I come out of my research hole and I say, and this and that, and this happened. And I mean, I'm so excited that I, that my kids actually say, mom, can you just stop talking about this for five <laughs> minutes? And Max said, but when is this ever going to be kind of, and it was quite an unusual question for him because he actually thinks like you do as well. And he said, when are you going to kind of have some sort of point where you can say, this is where you're going to start writing up the research and that kind of thing. And I answered him never. <laughs> Because all we're doing is now what we thought was the big picture has now broken down into a multitude of other things that we can learn and other things to investigate. So this has birthed another million things about the mind that we can go and investigate. So I totally relate to it and want to emphasize for the listeners that when you approach life like John's just described, this is how you cope with what we're going through now. I'm sure you agree, John. It's, it's, this is how we cope with the day-to-day -day stuff and this is how we deal with all the uncertainty of the future. We just have to keep on trying, keep on going around in the cycle. That's just true. I think it's true. It's just what I love is I just lay it out in my simple terms and then you come behind me and you just bring brilliance. I just, you know, I just need you around me a little bit more. I think, I, I, think, yeah, I, I feel the same. I, I need you around me. I think you and I are going to start something together, John. Oh my gosh. Wouldn't that be fun? We, and, 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 we, and, and we tell people every day now, you want the simple version or do you want the brilliant version? And, you know, because <laughs> that depends on who we send to, to speak for you. But, but exactly. It, it, it's helpful. It really is helpful. So, thank, I mean, basically what you do is you validate what I think, but I don't have any proof of it. But you, you're No, but you do. Well, you, 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 what you say is just incredible, John. It's just, it's outstanding. I wanted to ask you a couple of specific questions, if that's okay with you, because this is just the whole explanation was so brilliant. I want to unpack just a couple of little things, if that's okay with you. One of the things you say uncertainty is a leadership opportunity. And just hearing your cycle, it's obvious that that is. But can you talk about that because of everyone's just going on about uncertainty, uncertainty. It's one of the 
one of the main questions that we get asked on social media in terms of mental health is how to deal with uncertainty. So I love that you say uncertainty is a leadership opportunity. And you've kind of answered this question with your cycle, but could you talk a little bit more about this? I can. Opportunity, we, we don't understand opportunity. We think that opportunity should be real clear to us, that it should show up and, and it should say at the top opportunity. And <laughs> as we approach it, it's kind of like going into a supermarket. The door opens and all of a sudden we're ushered into this land of opportunity. And what I know about opportunity is that that isn't the way that it's presented. Opportunity is always, always surrounded by difficulty and mm -hmm. by obstacles and by problems. In fact, my statement is you've got to get through the problem to get to the opportunity. Mm. And, and here's the way this works. If, if opportunity had no difficulty or obstacle around it, then everybody would be at the, in the opportunity line. Mm -hmm. and everybody would be in the land of opportunity. And, and in fact, I had a person the other day say, well, you know, I, wow, I, 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 I had an opportunity. I think I lost it. I said, oh, relax. I said, somebody found it. I mean, <laughs> tr trust me. I trust love me. that. You, you may have lost it, but somebody found it. But let me tell you who That's found very it. That's good. The person who found it, the reason you lost it is because you were looking for opportunity without problems. The person who found it embraced the problems knowing that on the inside was where the opportunity was. That's the same with a crisis. I mean, right now, what are we doing? We're, we're, we're researchers, the most brilliant minds in the world, mm -hmm. are trying to find a vaccine for the coronavirus. And they'll find it. But when you think of the medicines we take, they all were birthed out of a crisis. They were all birthed out of a disease. They were all birthed out of a problem. Everything I have good in life was birthed out of something bad in life. And so when we are in the midst of bad, the tendency is to focus again on what we've lost or, 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 or the detours we're having to take instead of saying, this is an opportunity. You know, one of the, de you know, we want to go in a straight line and a crisis doesn't let us do it. So we get to a place that we, you know, we're on a road that we're familiar with and all of a sudden we're not on that road anymore. We're, we're detoured. Well, let me tell you something. That detour gets us into new scenery. And so we can either regret the detour and focus on, I got to get through this detour as fast as I can so I can get back on the road that I know. Or we can say, I wonder what's over here. I've never been here. Mm. I wonder if there's something I should see. I wonder if there's maybe there's something I should experience here. And so we, we instead of, instead of we detest the the detour instead of embrace it. And I can promise you, crisis moves us out of our comfort zone. Here, here's a statement I, I I make that I think it's just a, a, a true powerful statement. And that is, everything I want and everything I need to reach my potential. Okay, everything I want, everything I need to reach my potential is outside of my comfort zone. If it, if it was inside my comfort zone, I'd already have it because I'm comfortable there. Mm. So everything I want, everything I need in regards to my potential, it's outside my comfort zone. Now, how am I going to get outside of my comfort zone? Well, sometimes we willfully, intentionally get out of our comfort zone and make ourselves. But the fact is the crisis takes everybody out of the comfort zone, everybody. So mm. it's already blowing us out of the comfort zone. Now the mm -hmm. question is, since we're in something new, what can we learn? What can we embrace? How can we grow? Where's the opportunity? It's there. One time I was in a conversation and they were talking to me about creativity. And, and, and they said, what do you think is the main characteristic of a creative person? Now, you do a lot of research, so you would mm -hmm. have a better answer than I would. But, but my yeah. answer, my, my answer, I said, I think the one, number one quality characteristic of a creative person is that they believe there's always an answer. 
See, mm, I'd see, love this. See, if I believe there's always an answer, I'll do my research. Uh, honest to God, why would I research? Mm. Why would I research if I didn't believe there was always an answer? Why, 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 why would I get to a dead end and think, okay, there's a way out of here? I know there is. I just got to see. It's the knowing there's an answer that keeps us in the creative game. Mm, and so there, and, and if I don't think, if I don't believe there's an answer, what well, I'm out of it. Why would I spend time doing something that has no end to it, that it has no no answer to it? So all of these things to me kind of just kind of come together. And 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 so to me, these days are days for me to be awakened. These are days for me mm. to get out of my rut. These are awareness days. These are these are days that I'm going to be aware of things that I have never been aware of before. Mm. And and so if if I take that path and that spirit and attitude, trust me, I'll thank God for the detour. Somewhere somewhere on that detour is an opportunity. I'll find it. And and I think that if I begrudge it, I'll miss it. If I embrace it, I'll find it. That is absolutely brilliant. You know, I was interviewing an epidemiologist the other day, and, and John, I'm just, what you said is just, thank you. And he was said something that struck me as very powerful and just underscores what you're saying. And he said that for the first time in history, humanity is collectively facing the same enemy. We act one of the most powerful points in history where we can stand together and embrace this uncertainty and find the way. And you know, John, where it's happening the most, and I always say this, that this it's with the scientists. The scientists are the grown-ups at the moment in this whole thing. The politicians and things aren't doing so well. There's a little bit too much infighting going on, and I'm, there's some good ones, obviously, amongst the bad ones. But the scientists, there, it's they are collaborating across borders. There's not this, oh, I need to get my name out there, get my name published in fame and glory. It's all about, I've discovered, how can I get this to the rest of the scientific community globally as quick as possible. It's across the desire to embrace the problem and find that solution and is actually leading the way. The scientists, in my opinion, are leading this crisis because they are crossing boundaries, belief systems, culture, everything to find a solution. And that demonstrates what we are collectively capable of as humans when we get over ourselves and over all those negative things and we don't get fearful. So you, you what the, the whole process you've been talking about now and through this program of seeing, being creative, believing that there's always an answer, and then continue researching. That's what's driving the scientists. And yeah, so you've demonstrated. Uh, uh, I just wanted to throw that in there. I just oh, found I, that I, so now I can't, now, uh, <laughs> Again, tell me if I did this right, because I put it in my language and it's much. You did so uh, well. No, no, but, but on the crisis, you said when you were talking to your friend, he said that one of the, I don't know, values or advantages of the crisis is that we all have the same enemy. Is that what you said? Yes. He said, so this is the first time in history that humanity has collectively faced the same enemy. We're all facing the oh. COVID virus. No one is exempt. And it's the first time in history that we're all facing. Every single human on the planet is facing the same enemy. So it's like we've been brought down as a, as humanity. Mm. We've been brought mm. to our knees. It's a massive, massive shift. And it's a privilege, I believe, to be part of this shift. You know, that's it's, it's a creative shift that's required in, in humanity at the moment. And that's it's it's yes. There's all these problems along the way, financial and 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 death, and which are terrible things. But when we collectively stand together, we can, as you said, we can find the opportunity. Will uh, the uncertainty? If we go through the problems, we're going to get to the answer. We're going to get to, and then that answer will tell us we've got to start the cycle all over again. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great statement. I, I've 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 already got it in my quote file. I mean, but that. 
That is a great statement because it's it, great, it, and it, it's very true. It is. It's a doc. Yeah, it's. I'll send you the name of the doctor as well who who quotes okay, it. I yeah. quote him all the time now. He's actually one of the people on my advisory board, and he just. It's a great statement. Well, no wonder he's on so. your advisory board. I'm with him right there. What one, one of these days I may may arrive I, on that level. Who I I need you on my advisory board too, John. Desperately <laughs> I need your wisdom. I just kid. I'm oh. giving you a hard time, but I I've loved no. our time together. My God. Oh, so have I. It's been amazing. I hope we can do this again together. It's just incredibly. Oh, I, I promise. Uh, it's you. incredibly, oh, that's wonderful. It's, it's just so uplifting. And I feel like my mind is working. My brain is learning. It's just been incredible. John, how can people find out more about you? Okay. I'm not very technical. I just think if they go to johnmaxwell.com, they'll find everything. They'll find everything. I've, I've never even gone to my own webpage. I pay no attention. <laughs> you, no, you know nobody. You, I'm the Neanderthal man. I have great people. I mean, I mean, I mean I've got people. I've got Andrew with me right now. I've got great people around me. They take care of me. Totally. That's so, the way it should be. No, well, I love I, it. I've got the message, but they, they they know how to get the message out. And so I think if you That's just go brilliant. to johnmaxwell.com, I think, Andrew, they could, couldn't they get everything there if they, yeah, Andrew says you could. Yeah. I mean, so, because there are a lot of people may who be interested in the coaching company. And so anyway, just go to that and, and, and you'll find it. But what I love about this podcast is my big takeaway is that I have a PhD from Dr. Leaf. There you go. <laughs> so is, now, what's my PhD? Need, Wait, what's my PhD in? One more time, you got to tell me so I can tell people. Uh, the what? neuroscience of leadership. How does that sound? Oh, the the neuroscience of leadership sounds. Does that sound good? <laughs> it sounds brilliant. It. I'm not even sure what it means, but it just sounds brilliant to me. So I, I, I. This is big. This you'll. This will be in my bio. Uh, you understand? This will be in my bio. Now. That's good. I'm happy. I'm happy. I can. I, I can say that I spoke to John in my in my bio. So we we both going to be super excited. Yeah. Hey, there's a difference. I got a doctorate from you. You didn't get anything like that uh, from me. Yeah, uh, you, know, you can you can give me one too. You can give me one in your leadership. So they be fair. They be even. I, I, How's I, that? I, be with even. all the rights pertaining within me, I give you a doctorate. Doctorate of Leadership. Thank right you. Now. Thank I, you. I like huh? that. I'll accept that too. It's going in my bio. <laughs> I th- I, this is big time. You know, we ought to get together every once in a while and just doctor each other. I think you so. Understand? I think so. I think so. Let's do that. Let's do that. I love it. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's so fantastic. Oh, it's so good to be with you, John. And I hope you do this again soon. And thank you for your time and your wisdom and everything. And thank you for being you. It's my joy. Blessings, blessings. Take care of yourself. Thank you, John. I hope you found today's podcast interesting and helpful. If you want more tips and help with managing anxiety, depression, and mental health, be sure to visit my website at drleaf.com and to sign up for my weekly newsletter where I also include a schedule of my speaking events and so much more. And follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just look for Dr. Caroline Leaf. Also, I love seeing all your posts on social media about this podcast. I love seeing what resonates with you and what you've learned. So be sure to continue posting and tagging me and letting me know what you think and how these tips worked out for you. And don't forget, leave a review and keep spreading the word about this podcast. Thank you for joining me today. I really hope you learned something new and helpful. Till then... I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf. This podcast represents the opinions of myself 
and my guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for educational and informational purposes only. Please consult your healthcare professional for any individual medical questions you may have. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions or corrections of errors.